Hello, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and today we're going to be delving deep into this topic that has so captured the attention of the world right now. We're going to be getting into the coronavirus protection protocol. And this is a giant article that I wrote because when there's something that I feel like genuinely perhaps threatens people's lives, well-being, and health, I take a really thorough look at it. And that's what I did with the coronavirus. So the coronavirus may not be the apocalyptic superbug that experts fear, but naivete kills and healthy paranoia is warranted when it comes to the specter of disease epidemics. This biohacking protocol will fortify your immune system to fend it off. And I am going to encourage you to head on over to the article that is going to be linked below wherever you are listening to this, uh, all the podcast feeds and video feeds that I'm going to publish this to. I'm going to link right over to this article because I am going to include all the resources for everything I'm discussing here, for all of the studies that I'm going to mention here, and importantly, the sources to all of the different immune-enhancing products I'm going to be discussing that are things that they perhaps could actually save your life. They could perhaps save the lives of people who you love, of people that you care about. So I am going to be linking to those below this. And there may be some people out there that would say, oh, this is uh, fear-mongering and opportunistic to link to products. Some of those links are affiliate links. So they they do pay me a very small, very reasonable commission for sales that are generated. I thank you for those if you choose to you know, invest in your immune system via some of the recommendations that I have. If that sort of thing offends you, then I'm not really sure what to say. This is kind of the way that the internet works is that people put out really great information, well-researched information about how to live better, how to avoid some of the dangers in this entropic and Darwinian world that we find ourselves in and the way that we are compensated and incentivized to do good work that's actually gonna help you is those little affiliate links. So if you don't like that, then you can, you know, you can just hope that everything works out well with the coronavirus. You can just hope that your immune system can handle it. And I feel like I should begin this podcast by addressing some of the skepticism out there, which is is warranted, really. And at this point, I wouldn't blame you if you're one of these people that is kind of thinking, I am just not worried about the coronavirus. And I do have to apologize about the hair blower there in the background. That noise is going to end very, very soon as my wife is uh, blow drying her hair right now so that she can look really nice for date night, which I am looking forward to after I finish this podcast. So you might be thinking, 
I'm not worried about the coronavirus. Coronavirus. This is the upteenth time in my life that the media has freaked out and tried to panic the public about an epidemic that was supposed to kill millions. Hey, babe. How you doing? Clean. Aha. She's clean, folks, and uh, looking good. But that's for me to enjoy and you all to fantasize about. Okay, so... Let me get back to trying to address the skeptics here while my wife undresses, while I'm trying to do a podcast. Very distracting. So you might be a person that, that was thinking, you know, in the past, the media has been predicting these epidemics and everything was fine then and it will probably be fine now. And you may be one of these people that kind of thinks, I, I actually suspect that they manufacture hysteria around these epidemics so that they can sell vaccines or get more funding or whatever. If And you may be thinking, you know what, if people start getting sick around me, then I'll worry about it. If I get sick, then I'll just go to the hospital or I'll go see a doctor or go get medicine or whatever. And I totally understand this sentiment. I'm not yet totally convinced that the coronavirus is a life and death matter. The outbreak outside of China seems well-contained. Nobody outside of China has officially died of it yet. So just be thankful that you're not in China is what I think. But on the other hand, its transmissivity an incubation period are troubling. And if the preliminary finding of the Lancet paper holds true, and it really has a 15% mortality rate, it could actually kill a lot of people. It might kind of be like the Spanish flu. Time will tell. Ultimately, my protocol here is about anti-fragility. It's not exclusively about the coronavirus. It's about fortifying you and making you resilient to whatever microscopic nastiness comes your way. Biohackers and preppers have a lot in common because we are both about making investments and uh, making sacrifices in the present so that we are harder to kill in the future. Like, you know, a, a Navy SEAL or whatever. We want to be hard to kill. And so this, and we do this, and I urge you to do this if you're not into this whole philosophy of, of life and risk management yet. I urge you to make these sacrifices now, make the investments now, so that you don't have to worry and fret about every new disease, epidemic, or disaster that panics the media and or the public once you're prepared, once you have your life set up to not worry about these sort of things, when the media comes out with its yearly scare campaign about whatever, you just can be sitting cool, sitting easy because you are, because you're a bit more resilient because you have layers of risk management around your life and around those people that you care about. Okay, so let's start with the article now. This article is based on my nearly nine years of obsession with biohacking, doing N of one trials with 
numerous nootropics and immune enhancing supplements and tools. I've been voraciously reading and consuming everything about the coronavirus for the past few weeks, and I found almost everything on the internet lacking in solutions for those concerned about coronavirus coming to their backyard. So I've prepared this article. Here I list a number of supplements and drugs that you can take to fortify your immune system so that you won't have to worry so much about this. If you don't want to invest in your immune system and health, you can just hope that the coronavirus is not the next Spanish flu. You can just hope that this is not the apocalyptic superbug disease outbreak that experts warn we are civilizationally overdue for. You can just hope that your government manages to contain the spread of the virus. Um, however, though, if you're like me, you remain optimistic and hopeful, but also believe in prepping and preparing for the worst. So I would urge you not to delay in getting and using the biohacks described here to make yourself all the more anti-fragile in this Darwinian world. The online sources of these supplements are already seeing an uptick in orders. They may actually be sold out by the time that you are listening to this. So I will try to update my article that I will link to with sources that have products in stock. If the coronavirus epidemic is aggressive, you can expect that hospitals, particularly in the major population centers, will become overwhelmed. And you would, in fact, want to avoid hospitals as they will be the main disease vectors along with airplanes, airports, and public transport. If the epidemic gets bad, pharmacies and drugstore supplies of immune-supporting supplements and drugs will be exhausted. It will become very hard and costly to get medicine. So don't succumb to normalcy bias. Practice a little long-term thinking and stock up now while it's still really easy to do so. While it just takes, you know, a, a, a digital swipe of the credit card online to do so. We can most accurately, uh, we can most accurately guesstimate and at this point, as you're probably aware, accuracy is uh, tenuous. Accuracy is a bit of a issue when it comes to this because we're just getting all of our figures from China. We can guesstimate the infection to mortality rate using the the uh, the live outbreak map, which I will link to. It's uh, something that John Hopkins is hosting, apparently. And according to the official figures, at this point, we have 14,600 infected and we have total deaths at 305. And the last time I did my math on that, it came out to being in between a 2 to 3% mortality rate, which is 
not that concerning, honestly. It's certainly lower than SARS, which has up to a 90% mortality rate. I'm sorry, Ebola has up to a 90% mortality rate. SARS had a 11% and the Spanish flu had a 20%. But there's still a lot of reason for concern. First of all, the deaths are disproportionately among the elderly, the sick, the very young, and those with suppressed immune systems. However, the youngest to die was a 36-year-old man, so younger otherwise people do need to worry about this. And actually, there's been a lot of infections and deaths since I found the 36-year-old man, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's even some, some younger lives that have been lost at this point. Importantly, a preliminary study published in The Lancet of a small group of the infected indicates that the real mortality rate could be a lot higher, 15% actually, and it emphasizes the concerning 83% transmissivity rate. So that means that it spreads quite easily. With something like Ebola, because it does kill so many people that are infected, it actually doesn't spread a whole lot. Whereas with the Spanish flu, which traveled all the way around the world very, very rapidly and ended up killing a catastrophic amount of people, it did so because it actually had that lower mortality rate of 20%, which is similar to coronavirus. Concerning also is the relatively relatively long incubation period of 8 to 14 days, which renders the quarantine largely ineffective. People unwittingly carrying the virus have taken international flights around the world already. Uh, perhaps hundreds of people unwittingly carrying the virus. The infection and mortality figures unfortunately, come from the Chinese Communist Party, one of the very worst governments on earth. They are not very trustworthy. The ideologically similar Soviet government's official death count for the Chernobyl catastrophe was 31 people, when actually it killed nearly a million people. The Chinese government has Final, final point here. The Chinese government has quarantined 60 million people, which is the largest quarantine in history. They are taking it very seriously. And this hints at the scale and seriousness of the problem. This hints that the scale and seriousness of the problem are greater than the official figures indicate. So really, it is no better, there's no better time than now to fortify your immune system. So we're going to get into the practicals here. Sorry if that preamble was a bunch of information that you have already heard. I wanted to, you know, make sure that I was giving people a, a, a total picture of uh, what we're looking at here and also addressing the, the, the reasonable skepticism that some people are going to have. So the human immune system is pretty amazing. When it's properly empowered, you don't need to fret a lot about becoming a statistic in a catastrophic outbreak. Coronavirus is a particularly virulent strain of flu, like SARS. So supplementing immune support that defends against the flu is a really smart 
idea. First of all, importantly, quality matters. And I'll repeat that because it's important. Quality matters when it comes to these supplements. My mission as a biohacker has been identifying and verifying pure, clean, and credible sources of supplements, which are linked here. If you just order what you find on the front page of Amazon, you have a 50-50 chance of ingesting something that is heavy metal tainted and possibly a totally fraudulent supplement. So the most effective uh, and more economic uh, on this list are towards the top of it. If you have a limited budget, you're going to want to be selective and probably get the ones that are more towards the top of this list, which you are going to want to look at through the link below. First of all, Siberian ginseng, aka Eleuthero. Siberian ginseng, which I think is a cooler name than Eleutherococcus centicosus, this is probably my favorite immune biohack because of its effectiveness, safety, and low cost, along with its pleasant, pleasant taste and aesthetics. The Soviets in Russia utterly failed to build a socialist utopia, but luckily for you, they did manage to do some good herbal science and identify this immunity-promoting supplement which was badly needed in a country where the weather sometimes get, gets as cold as on the surface of the moon. It worked so well that they gave it to everyone, from their Olympic athletes and soldiers fighting in Afghanistan to cosmonauts and supersonic aviators. But its research is not limited to the Russosphere. You can find over 20 human clinical trials done all around the world on PubMed. Next, I will mention Rhodiola Rosia. This is probably my favorite adaptogenic herb because of the noticeable dual effects it has of alleviating stress and energizing you. Anything that improves your stress management has a downstream effect improving your immune system. And there was a really great book I read that was all about rhodiola. It was called The Rhodiola Revolution. And it describes its historical usage in treating and preventing influenza. Quote, long before research established that rhodiola rosia enhances immune defense mechanisms within cells, people in the mountain villages of Eastern Russia and Siberia, as well as Central Asia and Scandinavia <clears throat> relied on the herb to help fight infections. During the harsh Siberian winters, <clears throat> villagers brewed rhodiola rosea tea to treat colds and flu. In Tibetan medicine, it's used to nourish the lung and treat lung problems, such as coughing blood and pneumonia. A 2005 double-blind, placebo-controlled human study emphasized the effectiveness of the ADAPT-232 stack. This is a combination of three things, rhodiola, eleuthero, and schisandra, in treating pneumonia. 
Quote, both the clinical and laboratory results of the present study suggest that ADAPT-232 can be recommended in the standard treatment of patients with acute nonspecific pneumonia as a adjuvant to increase the quality of life and to expedite the recovery of patients. Quality is actually a major concern with adaptogens. What you don't want to do is just buy the cheapest brand of herbs from your local vitamin store. They are invariably very low in quality, industrial, industrially farmed in China, and have unacceptably high levels of toxic metals in them. I've used a lot of adaptogens from different suppliers, and unlike some of the other vitamins and nutrients mentioned here, there really is a big difference between the cheap stuff that I have grabbed off a store shelf and organic herbs from reputable vendors, which are verified as pure with a certificate of analysis or spectroscopy report. And I do link to my preferred vendors in this article, which in the USA are Lost Empire Herbs. I think they are probably the very best. And in Europe, I like indigo herbs. And then in the USA, uh, nootropicsdepot.com, which I link to, is also a really good option. They have really high standards. The third herb worth your attention is schisandra. This delicious five flavor fruit is renowned in traditional medicine and contemporary science as a full spectrum adaptogen for immunity from a Swedish Herbal Institute overview. Numerous clinical trials have demonstrated the efficiency of schisandra in epidemic waves of influenza, as well as in pneumonia, in numerous studies carried out in the former USSR and which have been confirmed over more than 40 years of use of the plant as an official medicinal remedy. And then in the herbal front, I will also mention ashwagandha because staying healthy has a lot to do with your levels of stress and testosterone. As your testosterone lowers, you're much more likely to get sick, even if you're a woman. Chronic stress is testosterone's biological nemesis. Probably the most effective way of optimizing your testosterone is to be vigilant about your stress management. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen that powerfully modulates your autonomic nervous system to better manage stress. I kind of use it as a, as a sleep hack. I take it about an hour, sometimes about an hour and a half before I'm ready for sleep. Moving on, adaptogenic mushrooms are something else that you want to think about as they further empower the immune system, particularly cordyceps, chaga, red reishi, and turkey tail. These all taste not bad and are best consumed uh, as a tea, and they make for a really nice earthy tasting tea, or you can actually just dump them in your coffee and they'll add just a bit more personality to your coffee. Next, let's talk about immunofortifying vitamins. There's a couple that are a really smart idea. 
notably vitamin C, which is a very affordable vitamin that belongs in your biohacker cabinet. As your mother should have taught you, vitamin C is the cornerstone of a, uh, of a real excellent uh, immune support regimen. And you want to, with vitamin C, you can take actually a quite high dosage of this stuff. I believe Linus Pauling would take something like 40 grams a day of vitamin C. Pretty amazing. They say if you do get sick, you want to up the dosage. You want to take kind of an extreme dosage of vitamin C until your stools become uh, not firm. And once you have, you know, a uh, <laughs> once you once you have fir not firm stools, then you know that your body is is kind of at its upper limit of the vitamin C that it can utilize, and you want to cut back a bit, and you should see your health improve. And you want to use vitamin C, of course, uh, in a, on a regular basis, just as a preventative measure. Another preventative measure is going to be vitamin D3, especially during the winter months around this time of the year. It's especially important to supplement vitamin D, uh, specifically D3. However, for it to really effectively biohack your immune system and keep you healthy, it requires an essential cofactor, sunlight. That's right. And the recommended daily dose is 5,000 IU. If you're vitamin D deficient, which you likely are if you spend the majority of your time indoors and are a little tired and depressed during the wintertime, you'll want to take as much as 8,000 IU. You can really kind of take a lot of vitamin D3. It's really good stuff. The body tolerates it really well. I mentioned sunlight is important. UVB light is essential for your body to convert the cholesterol into vitamin D to utilize it. And you also, if you're gonna do vitamin D, you wanna take it along with the cofactors, vitamin K2 and vitamin A. And in the article, I'm just going to link to dosage recommendations. You can go and check those out as I don't want this podcast to end up being like two hours because I do have a date night coming up here. I want to enjoy a nice time with my uh, lady, enjoy some good food, enjoy a little drink. I don't want to spend all, all my evening with, with you guys here on CastBox. I hope, I hope you understand. Next important vitamin, which also is a cofactor of vitamin D, is magnesium. And I recommend using the more bioavailable forms of magnesium, which are like magnesium L-threonate and chelated magnesium glycinate. And these are other sleep hacks that'll, you know, help you get a whole lot better sleep so that you're just naturally more resilient to nasty things like the coronavirus. Next, I'll mention something you might not have heard of, which is immune 26 this is a product, this hyperimmune egg supplement seriously empowers your immune system, even years after you've stopped, stopped taking it, in, in my experience, at least. It has a fascinating mechanism of borrowing the immune strengths from avian species that have better immune systems than humans. Interesting fact, for whatever reason, Avian species, birds, they just have really, really strong immune systems and they transfer their immunity 
to their offspring via the egg. And so they created this product where they exposed the avian immune system in vitro to all of these different human pathogens. And they ended up creating this supplement and it really does help your immune system quite a bit. I used it when I was younger and it helped me to go about 12 years actually without getting sick. It's pretty great. I've been using it this winter and I have not gotten sick. Next kind of innovative, kind of uh, you know cutting edge of science, immune hack that is worth mentioning is C60 olive oil. And this is a super antioxidant for biological antifragility. This tasty anti-aging supplement of carbon 60 fullerenes suspended in pure fresh olive oil is a biohacking tool for antifragility. It mitigates health risks across the board. It's a powerful antioxidant that cleans up free radicals and detoxifies the body. It's frequently reported that it increases general level of energy and motivation. It's a sleep hack. One of the anecdotal effects reported most often is that it imbues really profound restorative sleep. You can take this to the next level by using a product that I really liked. It came from c60supply.com and it was a product that combined C60 with CBD. And I really got some amazing sleep on this stuff, kind of pricey. But if you're looking for really amazing restorative sleep, maybe if you're someone that goes to the gym and kind of beats your body up, uh, CBD stuff is a pretty good option. C60 stands out as an anti-aging supplement because it doesn't actually cure anything or stimulate hormones. It's just a powerful antioxidant that cleans up free radicals and toxins, allowing our bodies to naturally fix uh, themselves. You've probably heard all these really fantastic stories of, of people that were on death's doorstep. Maybe they were dealing with cancer. Maybe they had like some extreme injury. And in a, a case that people called miraculous, their bodies kind of healed themselves. If you want to get a bunch of different examples of this, you can check out the book, You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Our bodies really have this fantastic healing capacity. But the reason this doesn't work, the reason why we often need modern medicine, why we need all these different, why, why we have pharmacies and drugstores stock full of all these different pharmacological interventions is because our bodies are so rife with toxins that our bodies are not able to do what they need to do. And C60 is just a really powerful chelation agent for that. So something that I think is, is worth your attention. Something else worth your attention is NMN. This is the epigenetic vitamin for telomeric tranquility. Taking nicotinamide mononucleotide, <clears throat> or NMN, as I'll call it, NMN is the most direct practical way to supplement the NAD plus molecule. Like everything in our bodies, our immune system relies fundamentally on our epigenome. 
our capacity to turn on and off the right genes at the right time. Our epigenetic function requires the NAD plus molecule. So NMN is an accelerator of health. As an epigenetic signal booster, it multiplies the effect of the other good things you are doing for your body as it empowers your sirtuins in your genome to turn on and off the right genes at the right times. NMN is far from the fringe of questionable health and anti-aging tools. It's used daily by some of the world's top anti-aging authorities, like eminent Harvard anti-aging researcher David Sinclair, David Sinclair. Go and check him out on the Joe Rogan podcast or check out his excellent recent book. The most extraordinary and thoroughly documented anti-aging case study I've ever seen involved NMN. You'll want to read the article that I did synopsizing it. The article was entitled, This Man Biologically Aged Backwards from 70 to 44 Years Old in Eight Months. Here's How. That's the somewhat clickbaity title that I came up with uh, to describe this case study on NMN. <laughs> you may want to check that out. Next supplement worth mentioning for the immune system is N-acetylcysteine. This is a lot of times called NAC. This inexpensive supplement powerfully modulates the complicated glutathione mechanism of our neurobiology to optimize our immune system. It replenishes glutathione, it breaks down mucus, and it protects against bacteria. And a Spanish study of 36 women, hola mujeres, evidenced that 600 milligrams daily for several months of NAC is very helpful to the immune system of middle-aged women. So it's probably uh, more effective as an immune hack for older adults than otherwise healthy young people. Next, let's move on to lifestyle biohacks for immunity. Taking supplements and vitamins is not enough. Uh, really, I don't think it's enough in this crazy world where our governments are not properly handling the threat of a catastrophic uh, global disease epidemic where we have, you know, superbugs that are uh, nascent because of our uh, overuse, because of our abuse of antibiotics around the world. I don't think that just taking supplements, just having a good diet, I don't think that's enough. There are several notable holistic lifestyle hacks that should be implemented along with the rigorous supplement regimen described. First of all, stress management. Chronic stress is the enemy of immunity. Too many walk around every day in a state of low-level unresolved stress, which is certainly not helped by the media hysteria around the coronavirus outbreak. There's no better time than now to habituate stress management. A couple of important things. 
you want to spend 15 to 20 minutes daily doing a meditation mindfulness practice, you can start by using an app like Headspace that'll kind of train you how to meditate. You can do heart rate variability training daily with a heart math device. You can spend an hour or two a week exercising, you know, try to break a sweat regularly. And you want to take adaptogenic herbs, the kind that I described earlier, that restore elasticity to the autonomic nervous system, which tends to get stuck in fight or flight mode. We don't properly appreciate also that the antidote to stress is often action. Let me say that again because it's important. We don't properly appreciate that the antidote to stress is often action. Don't sit around watching endless fear-mongering media. Let the threat of the coronavirus or whatever motivate you to take action and empower your health. You'll justifiably feel a lot more at ease. Next major immune biohack is fasting. That's right. Every year, new studies come out showing that fasting is a better uh, is a better and better lifestyle practice. There are three fasting strategies to implement. First of all, you want to do a intermittent daily fast, which is pretty simple. It's pretty simple. <laughs> you want to skip breakfast and do your eating and snacking in an eight-hour window from lunchtime to your dinner. Second, you want to do 24-hour fasts from lunchtime to lunchtime. You want to do these probably once monthly. Maybe if you want to lose some weight, if you've got some health problems to deal with, you want to do 24-hour fasts, maybe even on a weekly basis. There's really not a whole lot of downside to a 24-hour fast. If anything, it just saves you money. And then finally, importantly, you want to do multi-day water fasts a few times a year. I'll explain a little bit more about this. Walter Longo, who is the professor of gerontology and the biological sciences at the University of California, has studied this extensively. His research is indicating that fasting is one of the best things you can do for your immune system. To quote some of Dr. Longo's remarks that appeared in the UK's Telegraph, describing trials he conducted with people fasting for in between two to four days. Like I said, this is multi-day fasting, two to four days. Quote, when you starve, the system tries to save energy. And one of the things it can do to save energy is to recycle a lot of the immune cells that are not needed, especially those that may be damaged. It gives the okay for stem cells to go ahead and begin proliferating and rebuild the entire immune system. To repeat, it rebuilds the, the entire immune system. That's a remarkable claim, isn't it? So fasting causes autophagy, which is when the body kills off old and unhealthy cells. This particularly reju rejuvenates the immune system. So what I suggest to people 
is a couple of times a year, maybe around the holidays, because you know, you have the holidays, you got Christmas time or whatever, and you're doing a lot of eating, a lot of drinking, a lot of merrymaking with family. Maybe you put on some pounds, maybe you're boozing just a bit more than you should be. After that period, do a bit of a, do have a little bit of stoicism to follow your merrymaking, right? And spend like three days, maybe two days, maybe four days, whatever you can handle doing a water fast, going off of food. And your it's going to be a bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. You know, stoicism is, is fine. Comfort is the enemy of excellence, right? These are the type of platitudes that we're about here at Limitless Mindset. Take two to three days off eating and you're going to rejuvenate your immune system. Maybe you'll lose some of those pounds that you put on while you were eating and drinking a bit too much over the holidays. Let's move on to the next major immunity biohack, which is for men exclusively. Sorry, ladies. And this is ejaculation control. That's right. And no, this is not something that uh, that porn stars do to uh, get themselves past the first audition. This is an immunity life hack that comes from the original biohackers, Taoists. And I'll quote from a book that I think is a must-read for men. Well, really for anybody, but particularly for men. And it's a book entitled The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity. Quote, Peng Ze points out, one ejaculation is 100 times more harmful than one in spring. Men who, men who sharply reduce their emission frequencies during winter without reducing intercourse suffer far less from colds, influenza, chills, the winter, blues, and other symptoms related to cold weather. So it's saying that during wintertime, if you're a man, you should try to cut back on your ejaculation quite a bit, and it will improve your resilience to disease. The Multi-Orgasmic Man, another great book that men should read. This is by Mantak Chia. Check out some of his interviews on uh, London Real Podcast. Really, really fascinating, funny guy. He said, quote, Taoists who lived close to nature also believed just as plants and animals conserve their energy in the winter, so should people. This may sound like a pseudo-spiritual biohack, but the ancient knowledge here makes a lot of sense if you have cursory knowledge of male reproductive biology. Producing semen is biologically very costly. It contains a lot of zinc and other valuable nutrients. That's energy and resources that could be spent keeping you healthy during the winter months. If you think about it, gentlemen, the times that you've gotten ill were often preceded by times that you were ejaculating a lot. Think about it a little bit, and I think you'll notice that there's a causality there. No surprise, when we are young men, 
we can produce a lot more semen and we can ejaculate almost daily without it making much of a difference to our health and energy levels. But as we advance through our third, fourth, and fifth decades, this changes. Let's move on to something. Let's move on to discussing some immune biohacks that are a, a whole lot less sexual. Let's talk about masks. You know, perhaps masks could be uh, sexy also, you know, if you're going to do a, I don't know, a, an eyes wide shut type thing. But that's really not what, not what we're uh, talking about too. Apparently, Chinese front companies have been buying up world supplies of N95 face masks. So if you can get one now, uh, if you can order one on Amazon, that's great. Go ahead and do that. If not, um, I link to a source in my article. I actually link to a Russian source that you can buy face masks using Bitcoin with. And when they get exhausted, I suppose I will just find another source, maybe a Russian source, maybe somewhere else in the world that people can get these. Sorry about that beeping. I'm going to try to turn that off. You've probably heard that face masks are a half measure for preventing infection because they only cover your mouth, not your eyes. I'd contend though that it's still a good idea to wear a mask, particularly if you live in an outbreak hotspot and spend much time interacting with the public. In fact, once I get my face masks, I think I'm going to go and uh, give one to a friend of mine who is a real friendly guy that works at the grocery store where we do our, our shopping. And I'll, I'll just give him a, uh, a face mask and say, hey, man, I don't want you to die. You should wear this while you're on the job. And I'll say it with a bit of a cheeky, cheeky smile so that he you know, doesn't freak out too much. If you spend much time interacting with the public, it's kind of a good idea to block uh, inhalation of at least a lot of, but probably not all of the microscopic nastiness that is out there. And Rufarma.com has these packs of 20 antivirus masks. I think this is what I am going to order while they're still in, in stock. Speaking of Rufarma.com, they actually offer some more hardcore uh, pharmaceutical solutions for preventing and treating coronavirus. Because I know there's a lot of people out there, perhaps there's some people uh, listening in from China that might have the coronavirus. And if you or those near you have it, you certainly have my sympathy and my prayers. But I want to break down a couple of solutions of what you might actually want to take to beat back the infection. Of course, everything described here, uh, everything described up to this point, all those other supplements are a really good idea. Anything that empowers your immune system is going to help you with the coronavirus. But there are some drugs and pharmaceuticals specifically for it. Notably, Arbidol, and this is actually what I'm going to be getting soon. This is an anti-SARS drug. And you can buy it with cryptocurrency without a prescription from RuPharma.com, where it's summarized as a potent immunomodulating and antiviral drug that is used to treat and prevent influenza along with severe acute respiratory 
syndrome. And then anything that promotes immune interferons helps as well. There's another drug called Amixin, which is an antiviral immunomodulatory product that activates the production of interferons, proteins made by the body's immune system in response to pathogens. You may have heard that in China, they are using HIV drugs to treat the coronavirus. So this is going to be protease inhibitors like Libonavir and Ritonavir. And they have been demonstrated in the previous SARS outbreaks as effective antivirals combating uh, infection. And Chinese doctors are currently using these HIV drugs to treat the disease stricken. I, I hope they are successful. And then interferon beta is also named in a 2003 German paper published in the Lancet as an effective treatment. Uh, they were saying that interferon beta could be useful alone or in combination with other antiviral drugs for the treatment of SARS. And I have at the moment actually got a package. <laughs> I'm uh, cheekily calling it my coronavirus care package headed to me. I have ordered all these drugs that I just described here because frankly, I, I want to prep and I worry a little bit about my wife's parents that are older and not in great health. And I want to have a little bit more hardcore solutions on hand than the preventative measures. And so if you follow my video channels, if you follow me on brighteon.com, BitChute, if you follow me anywhere that I share my videos, I'm going to be doing a video probably within the next week about those pharmaceutical solutions, which are a little bit more hardcore. I think for most people at this point, the herbal, the immune enhancement solutions are fine. That's what I would encourage most people at this point, because again, the virus seems to be relatively well contained in most countries. Obviously, China is a shit show right now. I thank God that I'm not there in China. I pray for the people that are there. But in most of the world, the smartest thing at this point to do is just to, to enhance your immune system so that you're generally more anti-fragile. Let's move on to what's going to become a very, very contentious issue in regard to the coronavirus, which is the vaccine. So the mainstream pieces on it, and you've probably already seen a ton of these, always end by saying, but good news, guys, the scientists are working on a vaccine and the vaccine will be fast-tracked for the public. So I am not a categorical anti-vaxxer, but the popular vaccines are highly problematic. With vaccines, you're injecting unacceptably high amounts of mercury and aluminum into your body. Second, vaccines don't undergo thorough safety studies. Third, vaccines don't undergo real placebo studies. And often, really concerningly, vaccines contain an attenuated or a weakened virus 
that the vaccinated people then shed and spread. And if you're saying, wait a minute, I thought that some of those things were just kind of like myths about vaccine. You know, Google or uh, the mainstream media told me that vaccines are safe and effective. I would just urge you to download a white paper that looks more thoroughly at the science. And I am going to link to that in the article here because there is major reason to be concerned with vaccines, particularly, like I said, the lack of real safety studies and the lack of placebo studies that are done on them. I would not take a corona vaccine unless people were getting sick and dropping dead around me. And I definitely would not take it if it used an attenuated virus, because when humans build a smarter mousetrap, nature builds a smarter mouse. Hopefully, the scientists creating the vaccine will be wise enough to understand this, but they really are in a hurry to get something to the public, probably so that they can make a ton of money, and they are not going to be doing proper safety testing on it. So I would remain pretty skeptical on that vaccine. I would be highly concerned if different state governments start making it mandatory. If that's what your state government is is telling you, if they're forcing it on you, I would I would just hope for the best, frankly. I would maybe go uh, I would maybe go hide out. I would maybe <laughs> bug out in that particular circumstance. Let's address another big question, which is, should you go to the hospital? I would also avoid hospitals at almost any cost. Hospitals are the main disease vectors. Hospitals are where the greatest concentration of the virus and the infected can be found. If you are experiencing flu-like symptoms but are healthy and not immunosuppressed, you're going to want to stay in your home. If, if you think you might have it, you want to stay home because it might not be the coronavirus. It might be a more mundane virus. Uh, but if you go to the hospital when you just have the normal virus, the normal flu that goes around every winter, you really put yourself at risk of encountering the coronavirus. And then finally, here I want to make a really important point that a lot of people probably aren't thinking about, which is that coronavirus threatens the food supply. That's right. So let's say that you listen to this and you go and do the smart thing to do, which is stocking up on the immune boosters listed here. And let's say that you are healthy about your habits that keep your immune system strong. You do all the smart things, you do all the good habits that you know you're supposed to be doing, and you avoid, you abstain from vice, you abstain from doing all the stupid, bad, negative things that hurt your immune system. Even if you are doing all those good things, even if you're being a responsible adult with your health, the coronavirus still threatens you because of our egregiously fragile, just-in-time shipping and logistics 
national infrastructure. China is now struggling because their quarantine cuts cities off from their food supply. Grocery stores will go unsupplied and the Chinese people will find store shelves bare. You can go on the internet right now and you can most certainly go and find pictures of Chinese grocery stores, which are empty, and people are probably starting to get pretty hungry there. So you might be thinking, there's no way such a quarantine would be implemented in the USA or in whatever other quote-unquote first world uh, democratic country you live in. You might be thinking, that wouldn't happen here. <laughs> we don't do crazy quarantines like that in democratic uh, non-tyrannical, relatively non-tyrannical countries. And you would probably be right. But the infection will be centralized in major population centers. If it gets bad enough, might those underpaid and overworked truck drivers stop delivering to major cities? I certainly think so. In fact, there was a statement that came out recently. I forget the organization that put it out, but it was some type of National American Truck Drivers Association. And they put out a statement to the public where they said, you know, hey, as truck drivers, we actually have kind of a hard, dirty job. Our job is kind of dangerous. Uh, there's all the, there's a number of different dangers that truck drivers face doing their their inglorious work, right? Their uh, underappreciated work, and so they put up this statement saying something to the effect of, if cities become unsafe, if there's cities that are unsafe because of uh, political things happening, because of crime, because of disease outbreaks, we are not going to deliver. Our, our cargo, we're not going to take our trucks that contain hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of goods into the middle of a danger zone. Sorry, we're not going to do it. You people in your cities need to keep your cities civil if you want us to keep delivering. Uh, I, I found that very telling that a, a national truckers association had to go and make that statement. I'll try to find that statement and then link to it if anyone's curious. So it's possible, but not unlikely, that that sort of thing would, would happen. I, I don't quite find it likely at this point. And I would also kind of hope that like, if there's a crazy coronavirus outbreak in downtown, downtown LA, I would hope that they would just offer some kind of bonus pay to the truck drivers to take the risk and deliver the food there. Consistently, when natural disasters are imminent, people get a bit panicked a few days prior and start buying up everything's, everything in stores. How likely do you find it that a panicked public might rapidly exhaust store supplies? That seems a whole lot likelier than than truckers going on strike, right? And perhaps uh, rioting and looting would then ensue, which would make a city too dangerous for truckers to enter with their trucks full of 
valuable goods. That also seems pretty likely. In fact, that's something that you can see uh, in some city somewhere on the news almost any given day, seemingly. So are you are you starting to see why it might be a really good idea to have a long-term supply of food and water? I guess that's the final call to action that I've got here in this podcast is that I see there being a threat to the food supply, particularly if you're living in a big, crazy, uh, population-dense city, if you've got 5 million, 6 million, 10 million people that live in your city with you, those kind of places don't have long-term food supplies for you. It's a really good idea to put together something like that for yourself. And I linked to an American source because the the big thing people are always wondering about with long-term food supplies is they're like, okay, I'm a person that cares about my health. I like to eat organic food. I like to eat good food. And I know that if I'm going to have a five-year food supply, I'm going to have to be using food that's like food with preservatives, right? That's how it lasts five years. And I found a source and they might be sold out by now because there are a lot of people freaking out about this coronavirus. But I did find a source that I linked to if you're there in the USA that offered, it was some, it was like $250, might be more than that, might be more, but it was something like $250 for like a year's worth of organic long-term stored meals. It was a pretty good deal when you started doing a little bit of math on it, actually. And so I linked to them. But again, they might be sold out by the time you're listening to this. And for people like me that are here in Europe, uh, we don't quite have long-term food storage companies that service us quite as well as the American market does. So I hope that you are, you know, starting to worry about things just a bit not freak out, but worry in a rational way and take some steps. Uh, you know, I hope that you're not like a person that is just on the hope plan. You know, I hope that you're not just hoping that your government uh, contains the spread and hoping that the hospitals don't become totally overwhelmed and hoping that the national infrastructure keeps delivering everything just in time and hoping that the that a panicked and desperate public does not become unruly if you're if you're a person that's just doing the hope plan well good luck to you and that's my article you're going to want to check it out it is the coronavirus protection protocol legal notices if you or someone you know developed or created a concept piece of content or idea shared on this show please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink we want to give credit where credit is due as a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment 
purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.